Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We chase the melodies that seem to find us until they're finished songs and start to play. When senseless acts of tragedy remind us that nothing here is promised. Not one day. The show is proof that history remembers. We live through times when hate and fear seem stronger. We rise and fall and light from dying embers. Remembrances that hope and love last longer. And love is 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 love cannot be killed or swept aside. I sing Vanessa's symphony. Eliza tells her story. Now fill the world with music, love, and pride. Thank you so much for this. So that was um, Lin-Manuel Miranda last night at the Tony Awards gave that speech after what happened in Orlando. And I just wanted to start the show with that because I I feel like we all sort of woke up yesterday to that, to the news and what happened yeah. in Orlando. 50 dead. I got on the plane from Savannah at like 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. and there was 20 something dead. And I got off in New York and there was nearly 50. Um, and I feel like... Um, I didn't really, it didn't really hit me until today. I didn't let it hit me till today. I didn't really Mm -hmm. read a ton of headlines about it, but it, it got me down. It was like weighing on me. I was a little, I was crankier today. I was snappy and, um, it's hard to feel like optimistic about anything ever changing. I feel like when things like this happen, right. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't hit me because I, I saw it on the news and it was like old, like instantly, like my inner guard went up when like when something terrible happens and I don't want it to like drag me to a dark place. So like that shield went up like, no, 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 Tiffany. Like, I don't want to go to this dark place, you know, of sadness. And, but then I I read the story about this young man who was there um, and he texts his mom, mommy, I love you. I'm going to die today. And he goes on to text her, me and a few people, there's a man here shooting. I've run to the bathroom. We're here in the bathroom. We're scared. Um, and he just goes on to say, he's coming. He's coming. He's here. He's, he's a terror. And then that was it. And his mother heard about the incident, ran to the club, but she had not received the text, I believe, until she had actually gone to the club. Oh. And that's, she went to call him and looked down and realized he'd been texting her. Um, and, um, he didn't make it. He, the gunman took his life and it just, that was the thing that like no shields could protect my, 
heart and soul against just feeling this deep sense of like, oh my God. So I can, it's like twofold. One, I can't even imagine the terror he must have felt, you know, of thinking to yourself, this is where I'm going to die. And I want to tell my mother I love her. And what she must have felt reading these words from her son, knowing how she's probably internalizing how she feels like he felt at that moment. And it's just, I just don't, I don't even know. It's just, it's just terrible. There's nothing you could say, but this is just terrible. I think I got so many more text me- I mean, mass shootings in America. I mean, this was the deadliest in history, but they happen a lot and not just in America, but abroad. But I feel like the shootings in Paris and the one yesterday in Orlando yesterday morning, really early, they, I got much, many more texts from my friends, um, a few friends after these shootings and tweets and stuff. Cause I feel like because they happen to young people doing things, young people do going to a concert in Paris, going to a soccer game in Paris, going to the club on a Saturday night in Miami or no, sorry, or, or in Orlando, which when I was 22, you know, I went out every weekend. Um, it, it hits you harder because you realize that could have been me. Um, I know a lot of young people are, are bleeding for these kids who died, um, their families. And although they got the killer, you know, we've already, there was a, there's, it's hard to feel hopeful that these families will get any source of justice. You know, once the killer, the killer obviously is dead. So it's like, well, what good can come of this possibly stricter gun laws? Well, the fact that a guy who has been investigated by the FBI for nearly a whole year yeah. was able to go out and buy an assault rifle. Uh, an assault rifle. And honestly, the fact that why, why does anyone, why does any lay person need an assault rifle? You know, deer are packing these days. Exactly. Like 50 rounds a minute, 40 rounds a minute. Like what? literally the only purpose of that is to kill someone and to kill not someone, but to kill someone's. You're not using an assault rifle to take down these bear out there. Like the purpose of that is like, okay, to kill a large amount of people, because what's really the purpose? And if you're not in the army or like a police officer or whatever, then why do you need that level of firearm? And it's just scary that, that you said something, I think you were talking about it earlier and you said how the president said that you could be on the no fly list and get a gun. Why should that be? Yeah, he just was talking about this at a town hall that I happened to, I saw a clip of it about gun control. Um, on Facebook. And I've been paying really close attention to what Obama's been saying in his last year because I feel like he's letting his guard down a little bit. And a guy, uh, it was on PBS, a guy in the crowd asked about his gun control laws. And he's like, it's impossible for us to invoke change when lobbyists and the NRA are, are, are selling lies to their to a very specific group of Americans, to gun owners that we're trying to take their guns away and that, you know, it's going to be martial law and all that kind of stuff. Well, all they want to do is prevent people like this who've been investigated again by the FBI for months and months and months um, from being able to purchase those types of weapons. And it seems pretty logical, but, you know, people have been sharing this other, this headline that sort of comes out sadly now with every mass shooting. But if in America, over 20 children who died at the hands of a assault rifle weren't enough to bring about gun control change, then like, how can we, you know, that was over. We lost. Like when, when we decided that it was okay as a nation, you know, by our inaction for over 20 kids to be gunned down, like Mm -hmm. the gun control fight was pretty much like lost, you know, to a lot of people. And it's, 
it's a pretty dark and twisty way of looking at it, but it's like, what else, you know, what's, where's the hope? Exactly. If dying three, four, five, six year old is not enough to say, you know what, something has to be done, then, then really what, what else can be said? And the triple layer, the fact that it was a homophobic man shooting up a gay club, like the terror on the, you know, who had been a suspected ISIS sympathizer before, just all the different layers of hate that were involved in this. Um, it make it makes it tougher to feel like this was preventable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to prevent hate and homophobia. It's hard to prevent gun violence. Um, but... Yeah, I'm kind of speechless. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, well, I guess we can talk. Well, the silver lining of all this is, um, I mean, people did. I feel like there's been an outpouring of like love and support for Orlando. I saw that they put out a call for blood donations because mm-hmm. there's you know so much. I mean, there was 50 more victims who haven't died. Um, who are injured and need blood. And there was, I saw pictures of lines in Orlando, like that looked like they were stretching blocks, miles even um, of people lining up to give blood. So if you want to do something or you want to act outside of mailing your local representative a letter or email or whatever, you can go out and give blood. That's one thing you can do. For sure. Especially you miss golden, golden blood. (laughs) I know. So I have type, you said it's type O negative. Mandy, wow. How does Mandy know? And I don't know. What is that blood? What's the blood type again that can give to everyone? O negative. O negative. Yes. I have O negative, which means that I'm a universal donor, but not a universal receiver. I think I can basically just take O negative. I'm not super for certain, but I know that people like me really should First of all, one, you should know your blood type. And if you find out that you have a rare blood type that could be useful to society, then you should donate. And I know I should be talking to myself. I am. And mm-hmm. also setting aside even some blood for yourself if you have a, a rare blood type. That way, if anybody thinks anything happens to you, you can give your own self blood. Like a little vampire. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's a, I mean, it's a simple thing to do, but it's something that, you know, I used to give blood in college because they had a blood drive all the time. You know what I mean? But when you're a grown up, it's like, where do you go? You can probably find the Red Cross website, find a blood donation center in your area. You never know when people might need it. So exactly, I might actually sign up to do that because I'm feeling kind of helpless about what to do. People in Orlando probably won't be using my blood, but someone else might. Exactly. Um, Maybe I'll give a kidney while I'm at it. Slow down there, son. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what else do you need um, but and I would and try and I've been trying to read um, finally there's you know it always takes a while first the first stories are always about the killer and his motive and that kind of stuff but finally we're starting to hear about the victims themselves and I shared a story on the Brown Ambition Facebook page and encourage you guys to share links or positive messages or you know whatever you want to get this out if you feel like you need a place to talk about this you know feel free to use our Facebook page, tweet us, email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com um, and share some of the, the other sides of the story. Because, um, you know, I feel like it's, it's maybe we're all sort of like our guards all up and we're all trying to self-protect when things like this happen. But, you know, I already feel better talking about it finally. Yeah, I do feel better talking about it. A little therapy, a little Brown Ambition therapy. We won't, we won't charge you <laughs> on the house. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. 
Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So originally I wanted to do a brown break, but I thought, you know what, we have enough sadness. So instead I want to do a brown boost and my brown boost is Great Girlfriends. So Great Girlfriends is a podcast, but I really want to do a brown break or brown boost for Great Girlfriends in general. So the podcast, The Great Girlfriends, they had a conference this weekend called What Women Want. And the whole premise of Great Girlfriends is just like having amazing relationships with the women in your life um, and being just good and great girlfriends to them. And I met some really great girlfriends this weekend, some new ones. I, w- I shared a panel with a woman named Ebby, and I cannot remember her last name, Antigua. That's what it was. Ooh, I got it. Ebby <laughs> Antigua, which are like my memory, like hardly ever pop comes through in a clutch. And I'm like, look at you, memory. <laughs> So Ebby Antigua, she started Latina Magazine, and she is amazing. And um, she told me that before we met, someone was like, oh, my gosh, when you meet Tiffany, you're going to love her because you guys are, like, the same. And when I met her, it was instant. Like, her energy was just, it was like a soulmate, you know, but, like, just as a girlfriend. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, we just ended up laughing and joking. It was at the networking mixer the day before the um the panel and my other friend Mimi G style and her partner Tico um so Mimi is one of I think she's got like the top three DIY followings on um social media she does like DIY sewing and fashion and she's got a huge movement and brand like over a million people following and so I met Mimi at a conference before same thing instant like oh my gosh this person is someone who is Fun, nice, genuine, and kind. And so all of us ended up going out to dinner. My publicist, who's also my best friend, she hates when I say that. I'm like, whatever you are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're her client. I know, right? I'm like, whatever. Mimi, Mimi's um, uh, friend and partner, Tico John and and Ebby. And we ended up going to this delicious, uh, I think it's Peruvian restaurant in New York called P.O. P.O. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah, on the west side. I like P.O. OMG. P.O. P.O. I know. I, that's what I say whenever I want to, like, whenever I think of that name. But we, you would have thought we were like drinking liquor. The, as much as we were laughing and talking and sharing. And meanwhile, these are like women who are super successful. Like, like, um, Ebby started Latina Magazine, this very popular, well known magazine for, for Latina women. Here, Mimi G is and her partner with this like million people following. And they were just giving tips and sharing. And here, Drina is who she's represented all of these huge brands. And just it, the sharing at the table was amazing. Not only did we talk about relationships and love, and we talked about, you know, business and gave each other tips. And it was just such a great, amazing, 
just giving environment where we were just enjoying each other. And I just want to boost that, that if you have a great girlfriend, call her today, give her a hug, tell her how much you love her, that I'm really, really fortunate in that I have been surrounded by great girlfriends my whole life. I was born into a family of five girls. And so I was born with great girlfriends. And just from you, Mandy, to my best friend, Drina, and my other best friend, Linda, who's helped me so much, to just all of my mom, my aunts, I have just been really fortunate. And um, I just want to boost that, that sometimes, you know, you hear that women don't get along or whatever stuff that they tell you that about women that I don't believe to be true, that you know, I, I, I can honestly debunk that. I have 160,000 women that work together now through the Budgetista, and I see nothing but great girlfriends. And so I want to boost that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Girlfriends can't get along, which, you know, I'm going to say it's not always the case, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I don't think it's like you have to be great girlfriends with everybody but it's all about it's about finding those people who are good for you and it's like your group was how many people four um the, at the dinner yeah at the dinner one two three four five of us see a small little group this all mm-hmm. goes back to like you know I think it's it's like picking with purpose the people that you surround yourself with you know what I mean yes agreed and it's nice and just- when they it's nice when they accidentally sort of come into your life that way Exactly. And just like recognizing energy, um, because, you know, sometimes people are in a place that it's not about you. They're having a hard time for whatever reason. And so that's why there's maybe this like weird tension that it's just coming from whatever it is that they're dealing with. And just like I'm actually going to like for my win later, I'll share a book that I think everyone should read. Um, But, yeah, I just think recognizing energy and really leaning toward the energy that's like good and the energy that's kind of off just kind of sidestepping it and not making a big deal out of it and you get the energy you give exactly i have a really bad one of my negative traits i mean i only have a couple but one of my (laughs) (laughs) you know there's so few but i really i try and work on this is when um you know one bad thing happens I let it's like a domino thing and I'm like well that thing happened oh yeah I know that thing is going to happen too and then that thing's going to and like before you know it like everything is the worst and the day is you know over and um you like let yourself kind of like sink down in that and then you're cranky when you go to the grocery store and then you're mm-hmm. cranky you know what I mean and you're cranky to the person at work and then they hold a grudge against you it's like you just trail this toxic perfume and then it then the cloud lifts an hour later but it people don't forget that you were just, you know, bitchy to them or you made them feel bad when you rushed past them in the hallway and didn't say hi because you're in a bad mood. And it's like that Maya Angelou quote, which says people don't remember what you did, but they never forget how you made them feel. Exactly. And um, yeah, I got, I'm working on that. It's not, I'm not great at it. Sometimes I still have those bad days. But that's like the only bad thing I do. So <laughs> I'm generally pretty perfect. <laughs> oh, that was positive. All right. Shall we move on? Yes, I believe so. Questions. So we put out a call for questions last week and every week, but you guys really um, answered that call. I got really good questions. And I, if you, if you may not hear your question today, but it doesn't mean you're not going to hear it on the next podcast or the one after that. This is a pretty in-depth question, so I'm just going to um, leave it to this one today. Um, it's from a 29-year-old single mom. God bless you. Uh, she's a mother. I'll read her whole, I'll read most of her, her letter. She says, I'm a 29 year old single mother to a teenage boy. 
and in 2013, I decided to go back to college as a non-traditional student. It was one of the toughest things to do, but I finally graduated May 2016 with my bachelor's in business admin with legal studies. Um, she's also African-American and a first-generation college graduate. So she's been, she says, I've been working as a legal assistant at a law firm for 11 months, and I just found out that my job doesn't pay based on education. They pay best based on job titles such as legal assistant one or legal assistant two. Uh, assistant one makes 13 to $17, and two makes um, upwards of $18. I feel this is very limiting, and I've been applying for other jobs. I have a couple of interviews, but no offers of employment. I've learned lots of law firms want to hire people with many years of experience, and I don't have that. So here's her questions. One, how can I be more successful in securing a job that will pay me what I'm worth with my degree? And secondly, I was thinking about starting my own side hustle as a virtual freelance paralegal so I can contract myself out to lawyers for 40 to $50. I'm assuming that's per hour, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, So how can I go about starting my business with little to no money? I want to avoid getting a business loan because I have to pay back $30,000 in student loan debt later this year. Sincerely, we'll just call her P. Okay. You want to tackle the first one and I can tackle the starting the business with no money one? Yeah. um, How can I be more successful in securing a job that will pay me what I'm worth with my degree? Well, I think you have to know what you're worth. Um, I don't know what the going rate for legal assistance is, but there are some great resources out there. If you, well, it seems like you probably have people around you tan- tangentially, whether they work in your firm or, or mentors or peers you can reach out to to find out, you know, what are you paying? What's normal? Is seven, should I be happy with 13 to 17 an hour or 18 an hour? Or should I be asking for more? Um, and if you find that people are making more than that and, and, for the same job, then I think you're doing the right thing by getting out of there. Um, have you thought about asking for more? That's one thing you could do. I don't think mm-hmm. you should. It's hard when you are starting out entry level and you feel like, oh, I'm the new kid and I'm a first year and, um, you know, I'm not really in a position to negotiate, but you are sometimes. Um, and you never know. You never know unless you ask. Agreed. So I would say ask for more, find out what's reasonable, find out exactly what you're worth with your degree. Um, some resources was Glassdoor, there's Payscale. You know, I like Georgetown Center for, oh, it, I forget what the acronym stands for, but it's Georgetown CEW, and it's a entire research arm they have that they do study after study after study on the value of a college degree and the um, – different careers and what they pay and and the best return on investment. And you can probably find, um, they do hundreds of different jobs. I'm sure paralegal legal assistant is on there and they give you an idea of the salary and then, um, what you may earn in different States. And that's something to think about too, is like when you're asking people for, you know, Hey, what do you make as a, as a paralegal, make sure they, they live in an area that has a similar cost of living. I know I probably make a lot more in New York than I would in Georgia, like a lot more. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that can have a, a play a play a role in it too, but I think you're smart to be to be looking um that's the way. You either, I mean, your boss should want to pay you what you're worth with your degree, but if they're not and you know that, then there's no reason to stick around and you can just hit the road jack. Exactly. And two, like maybe looking for like a mentor to help you cuz I like one of my my um my best friend Linda her sister is a lawyer. 
And when she first graduated, she like wanted me to be her mentor. She was asking all these questions. And I was like, Jenny, honestly, I don't know. You need to go find a, like a, a lawyer who's someone who's already a lawyer to like to answer these because I'm not I can give you some like life mentoring, that kind of thing. So she did. She kind of like reached out, asked her mom and found some lawyers who had a little bit more seasoning um, in the game. And they've really been in- instrumental. Is that the word? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in helping. <laughs> Helping her move to the next level. So I would do that too. Oh, yeah. And a mentor sounds like a big, heavy, like, mentor me. But it can just be an email. Hey, I'm new at this. I want to know. I want to be sure I'm getting paid fairly. You know, can you give me advice? You know, what were you making at my level? And people want to answer a quick question, especially if you don't know Mm -hmm. them and you're emailing them cold. Just a quick question. You don't have to tell her your whole life story and how, you know, spend paragraphs talking, you know, reading, you know, talking about what, what that person's done and how you admire them. Just quick simple question and a thank you note at the end. Thank you notes. So let me tackle that second question, which how do I start a business with little to no money? Well, the good news is it seems like you are in an information business, right? That's what it seems like. Like you're not looking for a brick and mortar, like you're not baking cakes and you're like, I want to start a bakery. So I have to, you know, go rent like commercial ovens and that kind of stuff. So information businesses are traditionally way less expensive to start. So when I started my business, um, my business really was just teaching financial education. So I didn't, my only overhead really was like, at the time I used to like give out like um, handouts, handouts, folders, and my computer that I needed. So I'm not completely sure exactly what you do as a paralegal, but I'm going to say it's safe to assume that you do a lot of work. A lot of your work is going to be done via your computer. So you might not need, I mean, you don't need a business loan. It seems like really what I would do is I would connect with a lawyer who is well-connected and then offer them your service at a discount. So a lot of people don't want to do this. Oh, I know I'm worth this, but here's why. So if you connect with someone who's well-connected, like someone like me, so I'm like a people person. So I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Like that's just my personality, right? So, so many of my friends or so many people who come on to work for me end up getting a ton of new clients. Why? Because one, I'm a chatterbox and I'm a connector. So I'm like, oh, Drina, she's so great. She's my publicist and blah, 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 blah. Drina's gotten like so many new clients just because I'm a chatterbox and I'm a connector. And so if you can work for or find a, a connected lawyer to work with and do a really great job and ask them to help share what you're doing with them, with people that they know, then that's going to like, it, it'll really help to grow your business more quickly than you'd be able to on your own. So really it's about identifying someone, one that you'd like to work with, convincing them to give you a chance to work with them. And one of the best ways to convince people is to do so at a discount. And then from there, you know, hopefully leaning into their connections to, to help spread the word. And that helps significantly. I can't tell you how many times that I was like, what you're working with my, this friend and this friend and that friend now, just because I might have shared like, you know, that my admin is amazing and now she's got 10 different phone calls, you know? So I would start with that. Start with just the bare bones because whenever people don't realize when you first start a business, the worst thing you can do is to invest in things where there's no direct return on investment. Meaning this, like if I was going to be a bake, like if I wanted to bake and like have my own bakery, I would start 
with just purchasing the items that I could bake into baked goods. Here's why, because if I get my rent and I get all these other expensive things first, I can't, I can't sell those things in order to make my money right back. But if I get eggs and flour and sugar and all that kind of stuff, I can create a cake, sell it and put that right back into the business. So in the beginning, do not invest in things that you can't quickly use to sell back to make more money. As you start to grow, you can get all the fancy things that look like a business, but in the beginning, you just want to be a business. So remember, you don't want to just look like a business. Oh, I've got a fancy website, a fancy business card, all these things that you can't do anything with, you know? So yeah, that's what I would suggest. Connect with an influencer and only invest in things that you can quickly get a return on investment on in the very beginning. I've written about virtual assistants and from the, cause she wants to be a virtual freelance paralegal, which is basically like a virtual assistant. And so, so many professionals use VAs now. Some, you know, I've, I, I did a story on Yahoo about how to find, how to find a virtual um, assistant online and using sites like Elance. Um, there's a couple of other virtual assistant finding sites out there. Um, I mean, that could be one avenue just to get started, but um you know, again, you want to talk to other people who are maybe doing something similar and find out what a good rate is. Find someone, you know, who can, who can respectively ask. Maybe who's not, you're not going to be encroaching on their territory, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I think it's totally doable. I don't see why you couldn't. I've, I've definitely, I knew, of, um, I, t- I interviewed one blogger who was interviewed, didn't make my story, but she uh, was a personal finance blogger and wasn't making any money. And she just, you know, um, started talking to other bloggers and realized they needed help managing yes. their sites. And she reached out and she was like, she picked one. She started working for that person. And it was like you said, like, you know, uh, they referred her to the next and to the next. And now she has a whole business. And, um, you know, I think that's the, the right way to go about it. Word yeah. of mouth is how you're probably going to do biz. Exactly. Because I'm telling you, especially like if you have, if you service entrepreneurs, like I know you said you want to, you know, be a freelance paralegal, but there's so many up and coming entrepreneurs right now who need assistance. I mean, I cannot tell you how many of my friends are like, so your admin, right? Would you share her? (laughs) Because everyone is looking for the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs an admin. Everyone needs a graphic designer. There's so many things that like all of my entrepreneur friends are looking for and there's hardly anybody in these pools so tap into that market too to kind of keep your ear to the street like so what what is it that they're looking for could I start off as an admin and work my way toward like working for lawyers in this way you know so be very flexible and good luck with everything the fact that you went back to school you got your BA and you got your BA in like a useful skill which is exciting to hear (laughs) business admin you can take that places yep Um, (laughs) Thirty thousand dollars in student loan debt, and that's average. So you're not dealing with like an extraordinary amount of debt. So it seems like you're in a good place. And be patient, like we talked about before. About you know, we're talking about expectations when you're starting out. Um, obviously, having a teen son, you don't. You know, it's hard to be patient when you're raising a kid by yourself, let alone a teenager. And you know what teenagers want: things, all the things. They're very mm-hmm. expensive. Um, but be patient with yourself and be nice to yourself. And, and as you're starting, and and um, you know, as you're starting your business, make sure everybody knows you're, you're what you what you're doing. Make sure everybody knows, you know, P's out there. She wants to be a legal freelance assistant, and they'll remember that. Exactly. Um, and uh, good luck, and thank you so much for writing. Yeah, thank you. And if you guys have questions, you can email Brown Ambition uh, Brown Ambition Podcast at gmail dot com.
Wins.com. <laughs> so now it's time for wins. But instead of a win, I wanted to do a book, like a book share. And I think it's it'll be in alignment, kind of with what we were talking about okay. today, just about maintaining positivity. Like, um, there's this great book that I read a long time ago, and I suggest that everybody have, like, on their shelf. It's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it is by, oh, don't give me the line. So this is where my old lady brain is like, look, we helped you out earlier today. So find the Google. Where's the Google? Yeah, I know I am. <laughs> don't sweat. <laughs> she said find the Google. <laughs> don't sweat. Who needs, who needs a memory anymore? I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> okay, it is by Richard Carlson, PhD. And it's honestly, it's a really quick and easy read. And I have given it literally, I bought the book. It was on sale at like Barnes and Nobles once for like next to nothing. So I bought a bunch of them and gave it to all of my friends. And every single one of them came back to me and was like, thank you so much. I needed that because sometimes you get so stressed out and so overwhelmed. And uh, it's just, it's just such a great, quick, easy read to help you remember that like one, you're here Two, how to be grateful. Three, how not to internalize everything as like the world is falling, Chicken Little. Remember Chicken Little? The world is falling. The world is falling. Yeah. <laughs> I was like having a, a Chicken Little day today. Yes. Oh, me too. I mean, like yesterday, today was pretty chill, but like some days you just get so overwhelmed. And then I had to be like, well, like what am, what am I really complaining about? Like it, Tiffany, nothing is wrong. You have your health. Your family is healthy. Superman is about to pop the question. Throwing it out there in the universe. Um, <laughs> Attract that ring, girl. <laughs> I know. Right? And so when you remember those things, you're like, well, what am I really focused on? And truthfully, like, I've given away, given it away so much. I think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get it for my Kindle, but I like the physical book version myself. And it's just a good read. It's one of those, like, read it once a year or every other year or whenever you just need a, a, a boost pick-me-up. So so that's my um, my suggested read for this week. Um, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff by Richard Carlson. I'm going to go. I could use that. Good. All right. Um, so my win is going to be real quick. But the Tonys were last night. And um, I was really proud of the show for, you know, taking the moment at the beginning to talk about Orlando and all that. But I just wanted to say this was like the blackest year on Broadway. Like, can we talk about Hamilton, like a completely brown cast? We had Shuffle Along. We have Color Purple. And I know a lot of our listeners probably don't all live in New York. Um, but just know it was the Blackest Year on Broadway. And four of the main acting categories all went to black actors. And that is a huge, huge, huge deal. Huge. Including, including Cynthia Arrivio, who I talked about last week, like a little fangirl. Um, for her performance as Celie in The Color Purple on Broadway. Oh, and she won and she was glorious and the dress and all that. I mean, it was, it, it's, it's major. So um, I hope it continues. I hope it, I feel like Hamilton broke down so many barriers um, this year, not just Hamilton, but, you know, other plays too. And, and a lot of actors working really hard who've only ever had a chance to be in like The Lion King, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to see that talent is being recognized. Oh, that's nice. I like how we turned it around. Like, you know, we're ending on a nice, positive, cheery note. <laughs> we try to. I know. Don't worry. Life's still worth living. Yes, it you is. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but go hug somebody, love somebody up today, including yourself. I love myself. I love myself. Look in the mirror and you say, have you ever done that on a like, last kind of side note? Have you ever done mirror work? Have you heard of that before? Oh, like the affirmations? 
Yeah, like you look in the mirror and you tell yourself whatever it is. Like I used to have a mirror right by the door. And before I left every morning for like almost six months, I went to practice and see what this mirror work was all about. I would tell myself, like, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You're more than enough. Every time I left it, every time I came into the house, just to kind of like fortify myself for the world. And I loved it. I have to get back to that mirror work. Yeah. I've never done like that habitually, but I, I like, I always know that we're really hard on ourselves as women, as humans. And it's nice to, one of my friends, um, she and I were were getting back into running when I was training for my half marathon. And I got into the habit of saying, every time I felt like I wasn't going to make it, I was like, I love you legs. I love you legs. (laughs) Thank you legs. Thank you legs. (laughs) I love that. It sounded so childish, but like, my legs have always been an issue for me. I talked about my weight before. Um, In my whole life, I would never wear shorts or skirts or things like that like I I, you know would constantly like every picture I'd be like in a knee length something and it's because I always felt like my legs weren't great and you know I'm almost 30 now and I've done a hundred mile I've done several hundred mile bike tours I've done a triathlon I've done a half marathon and honestly I'm not happy with my legs still but like every once in a while I'm like these legs have done you pretty good yeah legs have taken you places they are strong (laughs) they do not look like carly Kloss or naomi campbell but they're your legs and you know it's just nice to thank your legs every once in a while or whatever part of you you don't like you know Mm -hmm. no i love that they're still working i still got them yeah i love that i love you legs i love you legs (laughs) (laughs) thank you legs (laughs) they are not saying i love you back right now with this crossfit class um all righty on that note, don't forget to tweet us at the BA Podcast and find us on Facebook at Brown Ambition. And we love you. We love you, legs. We love you, legs. <laughs> I love you, Tiff. Oh, Mandy, I love you too. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.